All right, Rabotai, welcome. Erev Shabbat Kodesh. And uh, we, have, uh, we have our work cut out for us today. Parashat Baha'alotecha is a loaded parasha. The challenge in Baha'alotecha is uh, to choose what you're going to talk about. There's so many very important, you know, vital topics. But there was one uh, subject that caught my attention, and I never paid too much, uh, you know, notice to it. But uh, I think now, finally, once and for all, I think we got to get Humashim <coughs> and uh, study this perasha uh, bi'ayun in order to understand exactly uh, what was taking place over here. So I want to read today. It's in chapter eight. Parashat Baalotecha, and we're going to start reading Pasuk He. Okay, that part I got. God spoke to Moshe. Here we go. Take the Levim. Uh, how do you exactly take? What do you mean take them? It's not like. Uh, a bagel, where you take the bagel. This is a person. So that she says, take them with words. That means tell them, persuade them, tell them that you merited to be the the uh, the ministers and the servants to serve Hakadosh Baruch Hu, the custodians of the Mishkan. So that's now take them with words. Tell them, Ashrechem. Take them mitoch bnei Yisrael. Those words troubled me a little only because, I mean, where are the Levi'im? The Levi'im are not amongst the Martians. They're amongst B'nai Israel, obviously. So as opposed to what? To the, to the ones that are on Mars? Don't, don't take those Levi'im. Take the ones that are mitoch B'nai Israel. What is this mitoch B'nai Israel? otam, and you should purify them. Purify them. I don't know exactly why they need purification, the Levi'im. With the Levi'im... Uh, impure were they were they timiim? Uh, Pasuk says bechot aselim taharam. This is the way you will purify them. Hazealim mehatat. Mehatat is the um, is the para aduma. So they needed to be sprinkled with para aduma. Again, I'm assuming that uh, para aduma they needed to be sprinkled on the third and the seventh day of uh, whatever the process was. Uh, you have to assume that if they're getting sprinkled with para aduma, para aduma is for only one item, and that's called tumat mit. If it was just a regular tumat that they had, they could have been just dunked in the mikveh. Or, you know, take a baal uh, just take a shower. But over here, the Torah is telling us that they need mehatat. And they have to uh, take a razor or a blade and place it over all their body. Not to cut their body, but to cut their hair. So they need to basically shave themselves uh, bald. That includes their eyebrows. It includes all the uh, hair on their arms. It causes all the hair on their legs. It causes all the hair all over their uh, all over their body. Strange, strange item. There's a big question. I'm not getting into it this morning, but there's a big question that uh, the Rishonim discussed: Does this include the peot or not include the peot? You know, uh, how how much of the hair did they have to uh, cut? Rav has a whole piece on it. Somebody shouldn't want to say, yeah, the Vim got to go, you know, all in, even even the peot. So therefore they were mamash, uh, you know, bald, uh, I don't know what's, what's the saying, bald as a, uh, you know, <laughs> bald as a Levi. And, uh, and then, uh, but some say no, some say they had to keep the peot, but that's a separate discussion. What is this, what is this business over here? What did the Levim do to deserve such a, uh, you know, uh, an act they will clean their clothes, they will go to the mikveh. It's not done yet, we just started. 
So take a bull, ben bakar or ben hato, it comes with its meal offering. Upar sheni ben bakar, tikach le hatat. So basically you're taking one ola, and you're taking one hatat. Vekrapta et halbiim lefnei oel mo'ed. And then you bring the levi'im. You bring them to oil mo'ed. Vekalta et kol adat b'nei Yisrael. And now you gather all the Jewish people. So there was some sort of uh, assembly that took place over here now with all B'nai Yisrael. Now what are you going to do now at this assembly? V'krapta talviim l'fnei Hashem. V'samichu B'nai Yisrael et yedehem alviim. This is amazing stuff. And all of a sudden B'nai Yisrael, they take their hands and they make semicha on the Levi. And this is not a rabbinical semicha over here. They weren't giving them some uh, rabbinical ordination. Some type of simicha. I never, I never saw a simicha on a on a person before. And the bnei Israel, whoever this bnei Israel is, I mean, is it all bnei Israel? Is it a representation of bnei Israel? But some part of bnei Israel came to these levi'im and they did a simicha. That gets better. Vehenif Aaron etalviim, and then Aaron takes the levi'im. And he waves them. Uh, this is like the waving of a lulav, up and down, and forward and back. Something that we never saw before uh, done to a human. The parasha is amazing. This parasha is something where we neglected because we say, no, we don't know what it's talking about, but it comes a time in your life we have to say, we have to bite the bullet. So over here, Make, making tenufa. Now, I, it's worthy just to stop here for a minute on a, on a, on a technical issue of this tenufa business. I did some, some math before I came. That's what I was doing over here. I did some mathematical computations. See if you'll agree with me. There's a big mahloket. It's not a big mahloket, actually. It's a very narrow mahloket. Most of the rabbis learn that the Levi'im that we're talking about over here is referring to all of the Levi'im, the entire tribe of the Levi'im, which is 22,000 people. Uh, the Nitziv is the exception, and he says that we're talking about the 8,000 Levi'im that actually served from the three families, Gereshon, Kehat, and Merari, between the ages of 30 and 50. So the question is, how many Kohanim did Aharon actually wave? Now, let's go according to the consensus for a second. In a, it, and let's, let's, let's be generous. Let's assume that he did this in a day, and we'll give a day 24 hours. So we'll assume he did this round the clock 24 hours. And if you do a calculation, how many minutes are in a day, it's a very easy way to figure that out. Even in my Sharia Torah math uh, uh, degree, I'm able to figure that. You do that 60 times 24. And I think it's 1,400 minutes in a day, if I'm right. So Aaron's dealing with 1,400 minutes. And he's got to now waive 22,000 Kohanim, Levim. Now, in order for this to happen, my calculations came out that he has to do 15 per minute. That's 15 times 60, which will equal 1,400. Now, that means every four seconds, because it's four seconds. So every four seconds he had to wave another, and he did this nonstop. Don't ask me about Kiryat Shema and Amidah and all that, and all those breakfast, whatever you're going to say. This is an amazing thing. That even if you want to say, like the Nitziv. Okay, it was only 8,000. Okay, do the math. So he didn't have to do a 15 uh, uh, per minute. He had to do about 5 per minute. Which is also, you know, 15 seconds uh, each or 10 seconds each. It's not, a, not, an easy, not an easy task. From here we see that Aaron had superhuman strength. This is something that is, uh, we have a hard time doing the tinufa on the lulah, we get tired, because we did it twice, and, and, and you know, we say, so we can't do this again. Now you go, oh, one more, hodu. And after that, you need, to, you need to sit down, take a break, that's the lulah. I'm assuming that the levim weighed, the lightest of the levim 
was uh, heavier than the heaviest of the lulav and etrog. Even Rabbi Nahum's big etrog, it's still not as heavy as a light levi. You got it. I got it to him, I know. So the point is, Aharom is a gibor. Tremendous gibor. You talk about human beings over there, but not from the normal. Chaim Shmulevitz points this out. Because it says by Aharon HaKohen, HaKohen HaGadol. And the Gemara says, Gadol BeKowah. And one of the things in Chaim points out, what do we mean when we say Gadol BeKowah? We don't just mean he's a you know, strong guy that can bench press 200 pounds. We're talking about over here, we can, he, can, he, can, he can make a, now, and this is a serious waving. It's up and it's down. And down. So it's basically one, according to the consensus, it's one second per move. One, two, three, four, next. One, two, three, and there's no, and not getting any help either. And, you know, you have to assume also not every Kohen, uh, so not every Levi was on Weight Watchers either. You know what I mean? Sometimes, I mean, you've seen some Levim, they could be, uh, so the point is, so the point is, and Aaron had to wave, wave them all. You, know, you didn't tell one guy, he said, you're, 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 it's not uh, American Airlines over here, we tell him you're above the weight, you gotta pay for a second seat. He's gotta, he's gotta wave them all. There was no scale for, for Aaron to, I, I, I thought that was just an amazing point. This pasuk of is underrated. You know, we read it and it happens so fast, this pasuk, but you know, what, what did this man do? It's incredible stuff. Now, it doesn't explain what is he waving them for. That I didn't explain. I'm just explaining the, 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 the procedure that was done is something that is uh, beyond. Now, that's not so strange to me. If you're bringing a korban, so I guess the, the ones that are bringing the korban make simicha on the korban. So we got like a, a double simicha taking place. So we have the B'nai Yisrael are making simicha on the Levi'im, and then the Levim are making simicha on the korban. Of course, because we know the Levim are big sinners. So therefore, they have to bring a korban hatat. Although I'm not too sure exactly which sin are we talking about over here. That all of a sudden, of a sudden we turn all the tribe of Levim into a bunch of sinners that need korban hatat. And a korban olah. It's not enough. Korban hatat and a korban olah. And then you will separate them. Again, because we thought that we, you were separating from the Martians, but you're not separating from the Martians, you're separating them. Now, also, I'll make a. Uh, uh, no, continue. And once you do this, now the Levim are ready. Now they're ready to go. You purify them. Because the Levim were substituted. I'm assuming Tahat, right? Tahat is. You got the English there, Norm. How do they explain Tahat? Instead? In place of. Very good. That's what you got there? But Juanita knows the article in English by Alpera, what time? So you see, so he says over here, Tahat, instead of, now, these words over here caught my attention. The, 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 I always know that the, the Levi'im were placed instead of the Bechorot. The firstborns were supposed to serve, or the Bechorim, or whatever you want to say. The firstborns were supposed to be the, uh, the, uh, the priests. And then the, whatever sin they made, so they moved from the Bechorim or the Bechorot to the, to the Levi'im. And how do we call a Bechor, by the way? A Bechor, I, I say it every morning in Kaddishli. Kaddishli called Bechor, Peter called Rechem. So the, 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 um, the Bechor is called a Peter Rechem, which is Peter Rechem. He opens, the one that opened his mother's womb. He released his mother's womb broke open the womb. Peter to poter is to exonerate, to release somebody. So therefore, he is released uh, or, or, or from his mother's womb first. Now, I never heard of a bechor being called pitrat kolrechem. This is not. Now, what was matter with Peter kolrechem? So kili neturim neturim hem alim mitok bnei Yisrael tad pitrat kolrechem. Now we're not talking about the girls. And that wouldn't be a way to say, you know, anyway. What does it mean? Petrat kol rechem. It's not an observation. 
But we know that it's referring to the Bechor Zakhantar Otamli. Kili kol Bechor B'mnei Yisrael ba'adam ba'emav yom ktikum Yisrael. Hikdash li Otamli. Vayikarat al-Bim ta'at kol Bechor B'mnei Yisrael. Vayitinat tevim benetim l'aron ba'adam v'tok B'mnei Yisrael. L'avod ha'avodah B'mnei Yisrael. Be'oel mo'ed ha'chapel B'mnei Yisrael v'yom B'mnei Yisrael. You see something in this Pasuk. How many times in one Pasuk you say the word B'mnei Yisrael, by the way? Look at Pasuk Yutet. Vayitinat al-Bim netunim netim l'aron ba'adam v'tok B'mnei Yisrael. L'avod et avodat B'mnei Yisrael. Wow, that's got to be a Guinness world, world record, by the way. In one pasuk, you got B'nai Yisrael written no less than five times. And I will point out that the Meshach Chochmah even goes a little further. And he says, if you count how many times the word B'nai Yisrael is written in this whole parasha that we're reading, this Levim parasha, it's 13 times. And he's saying, when one parashat to mention the word B'nai Israel 13 times, uh, what's going on over here? So that's the subject that we came uh, to discuss today, B'si'at uh, Now, before we go further, the first thing we have to uh, analyze properly is... What's the sin that the Levim committed? What's the federal crime that we're telling them? Korban Atat, Korban Ola, you got to purify yourself, you need all sorts of, uh, you know, procedures. So, I'll start from the most surprising, and then we'll work our way, way down. The most surprising of the opinions that I, I found is the Da'at Zekinim Tosafot. The Da'at Zekinim says, hey, listen, it's hard to find any sins that Shibit Nevi has. I mean, the Shibit Nevi is the, uh, you know, the, the best tribe. They're the learners, they're the Sadiqim, they kept the Brit Milan, they in Misraim, and nobody, nobody was circumcising their children, they were circumcising their children. Egyat they weren't part of, so you can't, you can't summons them on that. Uh, you know, well, they, 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 they're unbelievable, Shibit Nevi. Milan Shibit Nevi, Shibit Nevi. And now what? They become the tribe that needs a kapara, so he says, well, there's one item that they needed to be cleaned before they can come into the service of God, and that's ma'aseh shechem. Hey, listen, you know, we can't, we, can't, we can't forget what we learned in, uh, in Bereshit, that when uh, the dinah was violated, and the Levi went out, and Yaakov wasn't too happy with that, and he said, you jeopardized me, and you, you, you made a deal with them, and you tricked them, and you killed them all, and wasn't, 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 and we know Yaakov you know, was angry when, when he was rebuking them before he passed away. He said, mm-hmm. So he says this was a kapara for the Avon of Shechem. And therefore, since they were uh, being chosen to serve uh, in the Mikdash, it can't come in with stuff, it can't come in with baggage. So therefore, take the, take the Levim and let them. Uh, let them, let them cleanse themselves. That's one approach. Okay? And I'm not coming to discuss that approach today. There's another approach that I saw brought down in a sefer called Panim Yafot. It's an interesting approach. There's a, uh, there's a custom, if somebody's parent passes away, that the child fasts on the day of the Yortzai. It's an old, old custom. They make ta'anit. Now, what's, 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 what's the reason for this over here? So they say, because the deceit is being judged on that day, and therefore in order to lighten his, his judgment, so therefore the confess, give sadaqah, ustakat tatzil, and the Baal Shem asked the question, what do you mean they're judging him that day? He died 30 years ago. I mean, they judged him already. I mean, <clears throat> right when the person passes... They have an accounting board over there, and they do all the hashbon right away. They give him his tax return, and then they send them me that uh, you know going to add in or the other place. So what does it mean on the yard site? All of a sudden, <clears throat> they take out his file again, and they, they reevaluate. So the Baal Shem said something something incredible. He said, "Listen, <clears throat> they judged him. They put him in gan Now we know that although a person through his own actions cannot elevate himself anymore." after he gets to his level, but through his children, through his good deeds that he did, through his legacy, that can elevate him. Now, as you get higher in the levels of Gana Eden, so 
things that they didn't hold you accountable in the lower levels now become, you know, they hold you liable in the higher levels. Now you want to sit in the closest seat, now you, which in, in the bleachers you don't have to wear a bow tie. But you want to sit in box seats in the front row, you got to put on a bow tie. You want to, you want to sit on the field, you got to wear a suit. You got to put on a uniform. So the, the closer you are to the or, so the or is light. So the or is able to pick up more stuff. The further away from the light, it doesn't come up on the radar screen. So therefore, they, they don't see it. And they, they know about it, but they don't see it. They let you in. But as you get closer to the light, so the x-ray machine picks up more stuff. They say, listen, uh, you didn't read Kiryat Shema with the Kabbalah. Well, how come you didn't get me that 30 years ago? 30 years ago, we didn't see it. Now you're already over here. We picked that up over here. New, new, new stuff. So it's like a, it's a special, uh, special judgment. So therefore, when the kid fasts, they give some that guy. You're saving the parent from that extra judgment. So uh, that's what we say over here. What does God say to Moshe? God says to Moshe, take the Levim. Look at the Pasuk Kah et the Levim. Now, Moshe Rabbeinu's taking them. Now, right away, once Moshe Rabbeinu's taking them, that's an upgrade. Because there's nobody greater and higher than Moshe. And for Moshe Rabbeinu to even take the Levim, you've now just been lifted to a higher Madriga. Once you lift it to a high madriga, automatically you're guilty. Automatically you're guilty. Because now stuff, so it's not because they were sinners really. It's either it's a compliment because they were now lifted to be in the company of Moshe, <coughs> so now Moshe Rabbeinu is a uh, sonogram. And he's able to pick up you know, a lot of stuff that might have been uh, not neglected, but you know, overlooked for good reason because you know where they were these things really don't don't make too much of a difference so that's why they need to go through this purging process it's adraba it's lesheva velo legnai so there we have two opinions we have the dazikim that says it was because of maaseh shechem and we have over here the uh, what do you call it the panim yafot that says it was because of the uh, the high madriga that they had okay <clears throat> now let's uh now let's read a little further. They needed to be sprinkled. They needed to be sprinkled with the para aduma. Okay, we could have a simple approach why they needed to be sprinkled. We know that Shevet Levi was involved in uh, the revenge after Hetaegel. And after Hetaegel, they had to go around and kill him. And they were killing Jews. Ahmed, the Abib, Olimor, and all their the relatives. So therefore, the Libyim had Tum'at met. Now, on, now this is, this is, this is Paraduma, it's the first Paraduma. So there's no Paraduma until this point. So there's no way they could have purified themselves to serve until they get sprinkled. This is day one of the Mishkan. Day one of the Mishkan, they got to get sprinkled. So therefore, they had to get. Now, I'm not getting into all the nitty-gritty of it, because I know one of you guys is going to come after me and say, oh, but what about? So I'll, I'll, I'll just recognize it that, to show you that I didn't, that I did not think about it, didn't think about it. In Shemini, it says that the first para aduma was on the second day of the Mishkan. So the second day of the Mishkan, they got the para aduma. So it's two Nisan. So that means, let's say the Divine was sprinkled, uh, they have to be sprinkled on the third and the seventh, so they, they weren't done until 10 Nisan. So who was serving the first 10 days? What, what, what did they have? There's no, there's no temps. There's no, you know, you, you call up, uh, you know, uh, whatever it is, and you got to get the temporary Levine to serve. There was no... So, okay, don't ask me what they did during that period that the Levine were in the, in, in the process. Someone will argue and say, no, they didn't need to get 3 and 7, they only get to the 3. But I don't understand how. If it's the Tumat Med, you need the 3 and 7. Okay, that at least explains why they needed to be sprinkled uh, but really the subject is what's the inyan of the semicha uh, and what's the inyan of the tenufa and what's the inyan of the the tar <coughs> so we'll follow the approach which seems to be the approach of Rashi Bnei Israel we're guilty of Cheta Egel. That's the crime over that we're dealing with over Cheta Egel. And of course, you're going to tell me, what do you mean? Then the, 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 the tribe that's least 
that least needs kapara for hit ha'egel is Levi. And if anybody should say, kah, everybody except B'nai, except B'nai Levi, let them go through this process. <coughs> so the approach is like this. I'll make it easier, just so you can understand it. You know how we take the, uh, the chicken on Erev Kippur, and we say, let it happen to the chicken? You know, you take the chicken and you wave it around your head. So the guy did all the Averot. Hazim Eskin, the chicken was a Sadiq. The chicken did nothing. And now you come along and say, hey, listen, I got, got, we're coming into Kippur over. I can't come in with Averot. Who am I going to unload my Averot on over here? So you go to your wife. She don't want to take any Averot. So you go, you, you go to the chicken. Boy, Miskin, the chicken can't answer back. You tell the rabbi, give me the biggest chicken you have. I got a lot of big Averot. And you say, Ze Halifati, Ze Timunati, Ze Kaparati, Ze Atanego, Yelech Lemita. You turn him into a uh, snack box where you put some fries with him and you're eating the guy. That, that's what it is. It's tough time. I'll give you a more uh, a sophisticated version of it. You ever hear sometimes when they say, when the tzaddik dies. So what do they say? The tzaddik didn't die for him. Tzaddik is a tzaddik. It's all about if Mr. Shah would have stayed alive, God couldn't bring the flood. So he had to take away the tzaddik, and, uh, and still, it wasn't enough. It wasn't enough. So you see, there is an inyan that sometimes an innocent person takes the brunt for the, for the guilty guy. Now that's, by the way, you asked me, I said, it's a chesed of Hashem. That's a great chesed, by the way. You're telling me that there's a way for me to get absolved either through a chicken or through a tzaddik. Of course, you have to make teshuvah. So here, what's going to happen is the Leviim are going to make the ultimate uh, 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 sacrifice. And the sacrifice is going to be themselves. You never heard of a human sacrifice except Akedat Yitzhak. The Abarbanel, in learning this parasha, says, Bnei Yisrael needed kapara." And especially the firstborns, because they were the ones that were supposed to serve. And once they did they got fired, and now Benesa is in trouble, so they need a substitute. But for this substitute to work, they have to first bring atonement for the Hitagel. Then they can take the job. That, which is, we didn't give the Levi the job for free. Okay, come on, you want to be a Levi? You know why? You did nothing. You didn't do the Egeb. Good, you got the job. No, 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 no. You got to pay. I mean, we, we, we got people over there that are suffering. They have Hatta Egeb on their head, especially the firstborns that you're replacing. So therefore, you need to be uh, willing to accept the Kapala. So what does B'nai Yisrael do, says the, um, says, says, says the Abar Benel? Now, when you're bringing a Korban for Kapala, what do you do the first thing? You put your hands on the, uh, on the animal. So when the B'nai Yisrael, or he says the Bechorim, when it says B'nai Yisrael, it means the firstborns actually, who they're replacing, they went and they put their hands, each one on their, on their Levi, and they put their hands, as if to say, you are my Korban. This was a, the Leviim were a human sacrifice here. Kapara for B'nai Yisrael. And what, what do you do with a Korban? You gotta make Tenufah. So Aaron took the meat of the korban, which is in this case, wow. the Levi himself, and he makes the rufah. So that, now the only thing they didn't do is put him on the mezbeah and put him in bet Excluding that, they did all the procedures of the, of the korban. Now why do they gotta shave them uh, bald like pumpkins? So the explanation that she comes along and says, it's a very complicated dirash that she gives over here. It's a very complicated dirash from the Moshe Darshan. Ah, you know why? Because the Jewish people, they committed the sin of the Egel. And that sin of the Egel is what 
That's Avodah Zarah. That's a terrible, terrible Avon. And we know, if I could read it inside, I have it over here. And we know Avodah Zarah has a nickname. Avodah Zarah is called, literally means foreign service, but they also call it Zivhemetim, bringing a sacrifice to the, to the dead. When we bring a sacrifice to God, you're bringing it to a living God. But when you bring Avodah Zarah, when a person brings Avodah Zarah, Zivhemetim. So listen to, this, listen to this journey. The Jewish people, namely the firstborns, they were guilty of what? Avodah Zarah. That's A. B. Avodah Zarah is called what? Zivhemetim. Oh, and you know who else is called the Met? A Metzorah is called the Met. Oh, so now we're going to make a Hekesh over here. Metzorah is called the Met. And Abu Dazarah is called a Met. And just like a Metzorah, what does he got to do? He's got to take all his hair off. So, Tunar Nevi'im, who are bringing a Kapara for something that's called Zivhemetim, so therefore they got to, yeah, unbelievable stuff here. So therefore they got to come along and shave all their body as kapara for the height of Abu Dazar. Trumat Hadeshin brings down a custom from this. So here we get the old custom. Why you see Baalei Teshuvah, we instruct them to shave all the hair off their body as a kapara, because that's what you see as a kapara from the Torah. When a person commits a lot of sins, part of the tikkun is, shave his hair, we see from the Nabim. And the Trumat Hadeshin, Analyzed in that teshuvah, is it including the peot or not? That was his, his question or not, and he brings different issues. And Abhida has all discussed it. But so now, when you see a, 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 a you know religious bald guys, uh, what did you do? What did you do? Why you were the previous gilgul? That now you're walking around like uh, Mr. Clean now. Was other guys, uh, you know, Kojak? What happened to you? The explanation is. Because he must have done Averu. But that's, a, that's an old custom that they learned from this. So therefore, now look, look at the amazing thing over here. Look at the sacrifice of the Nabi. They have to come home now. Their wife says, oh, what, what barber did you use? Would you put on one? What, what, even less than one. One, day, they, one is a buzz. This is less than one. One is nothing. Okay, well, even if a guy does one. But eyebrows? Where's your eyebrows? He got your eyebrows also. <laughs> he got everything. No, no hair on the guy's body. Guy's, uh, like I said, the guy's a cucumber. So now, so now, and that was, by the way, Korach's claims, by the way. If you remember Korach, one of his claims was, oh, look what the guy did to us over here. The guy, he pushed a bed, what we did to us over here. He, he, his brother's got all beautiful beard, beot, bishibi, jenden, and he's got us walking around over here like we came from, uh, know, from a, the depilatory uh, uh, concentration camp. They, 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 they just all, all that hair off. But you see over here, what a sacrifice to live in we're doing this for you over here. We, we didn't do this. Okay, but you want, to, you want to take the place of these people. You're a chicken. You're a chicken. You got to take the over here. And therefore, they're shaving their butts. Whenever you saw a Levi, it's a stark reminder to the Israel. Yeah. That's your tikkun over there. He's walking around like that because you're, you're, you're the met. He's not the met. You're the met. And you should be like that. But again, you got punished. You're not serving. But for them to go in, they got to make sure that they atone for the ones that were... So therefore, he explains that what was the sin? What was the sin of the... Uh, of the... Uh, of the, what do you call it? Of uh, B'nai Israel? Now, we know that it was the Erev Rav, really, that started the whole thing. We know it from the text, because the Erev Rav was the one that told the people, Ele Elohecha Yisrael. They, they were talking to Israel. Ele Elohecha Israel. Erev Rav is talking, me, Amar, and me. Erev Rav, the Naam. And therefore, they got sucked into it. Although their intentions were really good, but they say even the fact that there's a mahshabah to even entertain it, fine. Throughout the Pirasha, you see, take the Levim, mitoch b'nei Israel, mitoch b'nei Israel. And I told you I had a problem with that word. Take them from amongst B'nai Israel. Of course, where are they? They're amongst B'nai Israel. Where, where, where are the Levim living? So the Kitaba Kabbalah, who's an expert in language, finds the word toch in Tehilim. And in Tehilim chapter 10, the Pasuk says, 
עלה פיהו מלא ומרמות ותוך. He is filled with מרמות. מרמות is deception and ותוך. להשיא אומר ותוך. מה זה word? ותוך. לשון מחשבה רעה. So now we see the word טוב does not only mean from amongst בני ישראל, but it can mean בתוץ. And therefore, Ka'at al-Bihim, you know why? Mitoch B'nai Yisrael, because of the machshava ra'ah of B'nai Yisrael. That's telling me something significant. That's not telling me where you are taking them from. It's telling us why you're taking them. Ka'at al-Bihim, why? Mitoch B'nai Yisrael. Rashi, Te'ilim Perek Yud. Mitoch ha-machshava ra'ah. שבני ישראל חטאו בחטא העגל, so therefore you need to take the Levim in order to rectify this, um, this, this idol. Now, let's go a little further. So בני ישראל need a sacrifice. Who's the human sacrifice? The Levim. So they put their hands on the Levim. And what? And now, Aaron lifts them up. And now the Levim have to bring the actual animal korban. Now, normally, when B'nai Yisrael, as a nation, commits a sin of Avodah Zarah, let's say, they bring a korban hatat. Here, the Torah says, bring a korban hatat. I'm sorry, they bring a olah. They bring a olah. All the other sins, you bring a hatat. For Avodah Zarah, you bring a olah. So here, the Torah says, you've got to bring both. Bring an olah and a hatat, because the sin was so grave, this Avodah Zarah. So you're bringing a parah, of a... Olah, which is connected to Abu Dazran, the Hatat, which is connected to Shar Averot, but you double down in order to... That's the Levim had to, to settle that. Now, what is the crime? The crime was, Mori Olam took you out of Mitzrayim. Yeah, Bechorot. Yeah, Bechorot. He saved your life that night that you should have been with the Egyptians, with the Malach HaMabit, or God himself, I should say. Went down and he passed over. It, we were in trouble. And Mori Olam saved us. We make a big deal. By the way, you guys, are, not all of you are bichor. I'm a bichor. Uh, I have to fast every day of Pesach till I eat the magic cake for a reason. Why, why do I have to wait for, for, for the siyum? Because, the magic cake. Because we got, uh, we have, what do you call it? We, have, we were in trouble. Makat bichorot, serious stuff. Now, if God saved your life, don't you think you have to have a karatato? God's saying, I love you. Shouldn't you show love? And what did the bichorot do? Not too far after. You know, you went through a near-life, near-death experience. You would assume the guy who went through a near-death experience, that guy has Ahavat Hashem. You know, the guy's making a su'udah toda'ah. I mean, at least you're talking about, I'm still talking about the story from Morocco. Ten, ten years later, when we fell off the cliff. And what did the Bechors do? Instead of showing love, they actually released themselves from the love. Now, a little uh, ulpan for a minute. Anybody know how to say love uh, in Hebrew? Ahava. Beautiful. Ahava. That's love. Now, in, 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 um, in Aramaic, and also in Hebrew also, you could find the word for love is uh, rahim. Rahim. Mandir Rahim Rabbanan, like the Gemara says. Mandir Rahim Rabbanan. He loves Rabbanan. Abyanan Hatne Rabbanan. Hassan's in law that are. Irhumcha Hashim Haski. I love you, Hashim. You are my rock. So the word. Irhumcha or Rahim is to love. Now, Ahava is feminine. Correct? Ahava is Nekeba. So, you follow me so far? The Torah is coming to tell us what was the Avon of the firstborns? They removed themselves, they freed themselves from the love. You know how you would say that in Torah language? Tahat Pitrat Kol Pitrat means they, re, they release themselves from the Rechem of the love. It's not talking about coming out of the womb. The Levim didn't replace the first ones because they came out of the womb first. That, that's not a reason to replace us. They didn't replace us because we came out of the womb first. What, what avon is it to come out of the womb first? 
And it doesn't say Peter Rechem. Says the Ketav Kabbalah, Tarat Petrat, which is Nekeva, Keneged Ahava. And what was the Peter? What were they relieving themselves from? What were they exonerating themselves from? Called Rechem, from the love that they should have had from HaKadosh Baruch Hu. So therefore, once you start to see these nuances in the text, first you see the word Toch, which Toch is not amongst. Toch means the Machshavah had inside. And Petrat, because they're removing and relieving themselves from the love that they should have had for HaKadosh Baruch Hu. So that is already, that is something, something beautiful. And therefore, oh, so what do you see from over here? I'll just make another uh, observation if we're ready, uh, if you're allowing me to, to, to go into this subject over here. What does it mean Look at Pasuchat Bet. All right, so you do all this process to them. Wave them up and down, semicha, all that business. Unbelievable stuff. All good stuff. In the vernacular, ubatar, bim And they went to work. I said, now you're ready. Now you went to work. Now they were fit. I just go to a subject with you for a minute. And what if the Pasuk would have just said, Aharechin Bawalvim Nava without the Vav? Listen, for the guys who don't like technical stuff, this stuff is not for you. But for the people that love the, 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 the here we're going to show you what a letter of the Torah is now. I mean, I wouldn't have no problem, especially that they taught us in grammar, you don't start a pasuk with a vav. You don't start with an and. That's, that's the crime number one. So I would have started pasuk habet, aharechen, afterwards, ve'aharechen. So again, the Kitab Kabbalah, gentlemen, when you hear me quoting books, that's the books you're supposed to buy and read. Because all these great Hadushim are coming from the books that I'm quoting over there. So take note, from quoting this book over and over, Kitab Kabbalah is a very important sefer on just the words of the Torah so you can appreciate the... Uh, he brings it to life. So he says, is there a difference between Aharechen or Ve'aharechen? And he says, yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. There's a famous question that's asked by the Ramban. You remember when God comes to Abraham Abinu and says, okay. After that, they go Kadot. Ask the Ramban, but we know that it was not 400 years. The calculation is 430. If you do the count from beginning to end, from gavel to gavel, it's 430 years. So why does the Pasuk say, It's not it's 30 more years. So the Rabban says what he says. Oh, you're starting to count from here, you count from there. Different points of where you start the, where you start the clock. Tava Kabbalah says, I don't have a problem with any of this over here. He says, Whenever the Pasuk says, It means, Immediately. Ve'ahare is already a delay. The Vav is coming to say, and after. And after means it's not going to happen immediately. So, what's your question? God didn't say after 400 years they're going to go out. It didn't say ahare chen yitzu. It said ve'ahare chen yitzu. So from the text itself it implies there's more time after. There's going to be a Break. Remember? Say it again. When you say aharechen, means right after. Right, like we would say in English, right after. If you say ve'aharechen, it means, you know. At a time later. Exactly. At some point in time later, but not immediate. So therefore, the text is perfect. When God is telling B'nai Yisrael, And then what? Ve'aharechen, 
not right away, because we still got some time. Hey, Now, you have a homage over here? I'll show you how beautiful, beautiful this is over here. If you go back, you use this cloud all over the place. Now, this is, this is, I just gave you an American Express card now. <laughs> this American Express card, you could use everywhere. It's so, so beautiful. So where, where, where's the, where's the parasha that talks about the makot? Where's that? Oh, keep on, oh, it's bull? Okay, thank you. I keep on getting mixed up where those, those parashiyot are. Okay. So the pasuk says like this. Look at the pasuk here. Look at page three forty-six. If you have, oh, I took your book. Three forty-six. <laughs> so God's telling Moshe. Oh, What's going to happen? All the slaves and the, all the king's horses and all the king's men are going to come. They're going to say, we're done, they're going to give up. Now, the Pasuk says, because it's true. What, did, what happened when Paro told us, go out? We thought, what do you think, we have bandits in the middle of the night? We're not bandits in the middle of the night. We're going to go tomorrow morning. So that's what the Pasuk says. There's a vow that it's not going to be immediate. Pasuk Aleph, where are you? I get, I, it works, honey. Don't say it doesn't work. Why do you say it doesn't work? Say, ask a question. Say, Rabbi, can you show me how it works? Why do you say it doesn't work? It works. I don't understand why it works. Yeah, Paro's going to send you immediately, but we're not going. Of course it works. That's the proof. The pasuk says, He's going to want to send you immediately, but we're saying, no, we're not going immediately. It's perfect. That's the. I'm glad you pointed that out. I, I missed that one. That's the best proof, by the way. No more. And said, Paro's going to say, "Go now." I'm like, "We're not going now over here." So that's also oh, once you once you know that once you know that difference. So now we can appreciate that if Rashi in this week's Pinasha tells us that Levi'im don't become <coughs> fit to work until they're 30 years old. But they start their apprenticeship at 25 years old. So therefore, even though they're starting their apprenticeship, but they're not able to serve as official Levim until five years later. So there is a delay from when they enter the, the service until when they actually go to work. So that's why the Pasuk is very good in our Pedashah, that after you do all this process, after the five-year apprenticeship, <laughs> that the will be able to serve. Huh? Who worked for those five years? Oh, so they had to have the Levi'im, I guess, uh, uh, were 30, and they, they, they didn't get any apprenticeship. The first group had to, you're right, good question. The first group, you have to say, uh, didn't go to college. Which is probably the best group of them all. But the point is, <laughs> but the point is, they, 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 they have to start, you know, they start going to work. They have no choice. But the subsequent ones, so, so there was always the demon, it's, it's, it's after. Even though, you, even though technically you're in the Mishkan, you're not working right away. It could be that's the shot on Ba'alechim. It's, it's Meduyak. Why it's about. Okay, now what's, what's the Musa? Now that we learned the parasha at least properly a little, better than last year. Now you have to say, okay, Rabbi, we come to this parashah class not only to understand the text, but we come to learn practical uh, lessons. I, mean, I was reading this to my kid before he went to bed. What's the moral of the story? Now, our story is, V'arichin, toch, you can teach me, uh, you know, these words, Petrat give me, give me the takeaway. So there is, there is a very important takeaway. This parashah, I think has a theme that runs through the perashah from beginning to end. 
Perashah is a rough Perashah, by the way. I mean, it's, it's a lot of bad stuff happened in this Perashah. I mean, enough, enough bad stuff where the Torah had to go out of its way and grab like a buffer and put a parenthetical in between Puranut the Puranut because if God forbid there would be three in a row, that would be a, 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 a Hazakah and then the Jewish people would be predisposed to sin and we would never be able to get off that train of, of Avera. So the, 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 the backwards nuns, which represents that parenthetical to separate between by Hashem to the Mitonenim to Basan Ta'ava. I mean, serious stuff in this parasha. This is Dor De'a. And you know what could happen to people, especially us, who are not perfect? A person makes a mistake and a person makes Averot. So the Yetzirah loves that because he knows that he can put the guy in a depression. And I can tell the guy, well, listen, you blew it, you blew it, you made Averot, you wasted time. Everybody was going further and you got stuck, you wasted all your youth. And then all of a sudden, the guy finds himself in a, in a bad spot, in a rut, exactly. And the Torah says, that's the Asab Yitzharah. Even if you missed an opportunity at one point, the Torah is going to tell you, there's always the future, there's always a makeup, there's always somehow to, to rectify. Even though you can't change the history, but you can rectify. And the Torah has to teach you that lesson, by the way. The reason why the Torah has to teach you that lesson in this parasha is because now you're going to start to learn about the fallings of B'nai Israel. And you shouldn't think that just because a person falls, that he can't get back. There's always a road back. I can't tell you how many times young guys come to me and say, uh, Rabbi, I did this sin. Is, is there Teshuvah for this sin? Teshuvah for every sin. There's a misconception that people think that certain things are not rectifiable. And we know that's not the case. So in this parasha, we're going to learn about major league crimes, federal crimes, according to their level, of course, but the federal crimes, that tells us they were sins. But in this parasha, it comes to tell you something like this. There's always a fix. Rabbi Nachman Mibreslav said, if you believe you could destroy, you got to believe you could fix also. And he's right, because what does it mean to say? If the guy comes and says, I destroyed all the Olamot, I destroyed, who are you to destroy all Olamot? You believe you have power to destroy Olamot? Well, you're such a big guy, you think your actions destroyed Olamot? I read in the books, they say, when I do sins, it destroys the Olamot. Good, if you can believe you destroyed the Olamot, you gotta believe you can fix the Olamot also. What does that mean? Well, it's only, you, what are you, you're Dennis the Manage, you can only destroy, but you can't fix? Of course you can fix. Everything can be fixed. Everything can be fixed. And that's a great Musad. And now look at the theme, once I present to you like this, the theme of this week's parasha. The whole parasha is talking about outside the sins, how people committed sins, or not sins, lost an opportunity, missed opportunity, but they got back their standing. Beginning of the parasha. Arona Kohen starts the parasha, he has a regret. Our parasha is off with the menorah. The menorah, lighting of the menorah. Aaron has a regret. What's his regret? Ah, last week all those Nisi'im, they brought uh, inaugural sacrifices and my tribe wasn't represented. And then we weren't represented means we didn't think to do it. It wasn't our, it wasn't in the cards. I want to be part of this mitzvah. Aaron had a regret. Now you can't go back in history. That's it. That parasha is, is sealed. Parasha that was long enough to add some more, uh, some more Nisi'im. Now I don't have a problem uh, to add an extra day for Yehishem, if the Levine would have brought a, a sack, but the Halabiyah, we have an extra day anyway, so therefore Musa, and there's Musa, and we're covered anyway, so we, 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 we took care of the Levine on our Yehishem element, so the Ashkenaz got to deal with that point, so it doesn't, doesn't affect our prayers either. So, uh, Aaron, listen, in America they say you can't cry over spilled milk. Hey, you missed it, you missed it. I mean, uh, we can't go back and, 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 and rewind the clock and bring you back that to Parashat and put like a, a, an insert an asterisk, oh, by the way, uh, it's not the uh, Hall of Fame over here. We, we, we can't inaugurate you after we devoted the minute you're out. So what does God say? That, that's what I would have told the Haron. Listen, spill, spill milk, spill milk rule. Yeah, better luck next time, they tell him. God said, no, 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 you feel bad? We're going to rectify it. We're going to give you another item, whatever it is, lighting the menorah, that's tomorrow's class. 
whatever the item is that he, that, that he got as compensation. Wait, what do you see from over here? You missed an opportunity today, there's a fix. You don't have to come along and say, I'm doomed, I'm dead, I'm over. If you really have a desire to make the rectification, but Allah will give you an opportunity. Let's go to the next part in the parasha. You see this theme all over the parasha. Two guys were part of the Habra Kadisha, and they come along to Moshe Rabbeinu and they say, hey, Moshe Rabbeinu, we weren't able to bring the Qurban Pesach because we were Tamer. Lama nigara. Why should we be diminished because of this? Hold it. You just explained why you should be diminished. Because you were Tamer. What do you mean? If they would have came along and said, can we bring, they didn't say that. They, 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 since they knew the halakhot. They said, we couldn't bring because we were Tamer. So why should we lose that? We should have, been, we should have said, I rest my case because you're Tamer. What do you, you said it yourself. What, 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 what do you mean? No, no, uh, no, no, no more analysis needed. And all of a sudden, what does Moshe Rabbeinu say? Wait, wait, hold on, wait, wait over here. He picks up the phone. What do you call it? That's a phone. Right there. Faster than that's a phone. The red phone. Yes, question. Wow, from here we see the level of Moshe Rabbeinu. Wow, he's instantly talking to Moshe at the whim, at, 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 any, at a drop of a dime. What's going on over here? What would happen to these people? I would have told them, listen, you missed it, you missed it. You, know, you can't be everywhere at, at all times, by the way. You, you were doing a mitzvah, you were doing, you were, either they were taking care of Nadab Abihu, or they were carrying the uh, coffin of Yosef. Whatever you're going to say. They were doing the mitzvah. Hey, listen, there's always next year, Pesach. Pesach comes every year, you missed it this year, see you next year, and maybe next year you'll be a little more careful not to get involved with somebody else who's so interested. But they wanted, Moshe didn't answer that. These guys are coming along, and they're saying a claim which is a strange claim. What are they really saying? We know that there's not too many positive commandments in the Torah that have a karet punishment. That means if you're not connected to Qurban Pesach, you are cut off from God. We don't want to be cut off. Even though we're off the hook, but we didn't get the chance to come close then. You might not have cut us off, but it doesn't mean you're... Because, because you don't get the negative, it doesn't mean you're a positive. And then they were saying, we want to be close to Hashem, what is the business over here? You're going to take away a karet of what I say, outside of Brit Milah? Impossible. We don't want to hear that. Moshe was saying, guy has got a claim. And what did Moshe Rabbeinu do? You missed it? There's a fix. There's a fix. You got Pesach Sheni. You got Pesach Sheni. You see the same item. You follow me or no? So therefore, and even if you wanted to quadruple down with Miriam, but I won't go in Miriam. So I said the following, look how, look how beautiful. The Torah brings you three stories, three very important episodes, how they thought that it was all over, but it wasn't. Rectification is always possible. And it doesn't matter if you're a Kohen, if you're a Levi or a Yisrael. The first story is what? With Aaron a Kohen. The second story is with the Leviim. The Leviim came along and they said to B'nai Yisrael, we'll handle it. You did the Egel, we're going to blow up the Mishkan. It's okay. Kapara, Tikkun, and therefore the second Tikkun is made through the Leviim. And then the last story is what? With the B'nai Yisrael themselves. And therefore you see in this Pirashah, whether it's through the Kohanim, or it's through the Bi'im, or the Israelim, all levels. all levels of B'nai Israel are always subject to Tikkun. Now go read the story of the Mit'onenim, and the Mit'avim, and the Batichim, and all that stuff over there. Because now that you have the right understanding, that okay, you may not have all, terrible, you need Tikkun, Kapara, Yisurim, whatever it is. But don't think that once you're out, you're out. That doesn't work like that in Yadut. You're out, okay, you're out. But... Aaron thought he was out, and all of a sudden God told him, you're in. <laughs> we thought that there was no more Bechor. We thought the Mishkan was going to close down. Levim came, they made it Tikkun, back in, and the Bechor got there, Kapara, as a result of the Levim's fish. And then these B'nai Yisrael came along and said, hey, we're out of Korban Pesach. You're not out, we'll put you back in also. So therefore the Torah comes and gives us a, 
uh, by the way, without those three stories, this parasha would be just a, a big dread for us. You need to pick up from parasha like this. Sophie, with all the negative stuff that happens, puranut after puranut after puranut. So there's a silver lining in parasha. But the guy that comes along and says, if you read between the lines, or not even between the lines, I think it's just explicitly in the text, that you come along and you see how what Yolam is saying, the bilti yidah memenu nidah. Nobody's totally pushed away. And that's a, a great lesson, a great lesson, especially now that we're starting, we're starting the summer. So the guy comes along and says, yeah, historically my summers have been, uh, you know, not so, not so good. I fall into the bad habits, and you know what I mean? Uh, after one week of traveling back and forth, I end up staying in Brooklyn, I'm, I get a lot of alone there, I get into bad trends, and bad there. before you know it, another summer came and went, and you say, okay, just because we weren't successful in the previous year does not mean that we cannot make a tikkun again. Borealam always comes along and says, on the contrary, Aaron's tikkun was even bigger than... That sometimes when you make a rectification, the rectification something can even be greater. So we shouldn't look on, on past failures. We have to look forward to future success. Baruch Adonai Le'olam. Amen. 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 Amen.